From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, tell jokes, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. All right, welcome to another episode of the Calvary Life Podcast. I am Eric Wakeling, and we have a different co-host with us today, a special co-host named Courtney Dowdy, our high school pastor. Courtney, why don't you say hi? Howdy. Yes. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. It's good to be on the airwaves. Never been on them before, so... You're a natural. You're going to be great. Thanks, pal. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Matt Davis is somewhere else, and uh, we don't really know where he is, but we lost him. <laughs> but I think we've upgraded here with Courtney, so we're excited to have you. I am so glad to be here because, Eric, we are here with a good friend of mine and a good friend of Calvary's. Uh, she is a longtime member of our church, and she also uh, goes by this title of Young Life Area Director. And I'm excited to hear what she has to say about that for us and know more of it. Uh, so we're here with Alyssa Burgess. Go ahead and say hello. Hello, everybody. Awesome. It is so good to have you, Alyssa. It's great to be here. Awesome. Okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit of your Calvary origin story? How did you first start coming to Calvary Church? Yes, well, I started going to Calvary Christian School in kindergarten. Okay, so, and your family wasn't attending the church yet at that point or anything correct. like that? Correct. So okay. actually, my family has never attended okay. Calvary. So we used to live in Irvine, and then my parents decided to move to Tustin, and they had a desire for their kids to grow up in a Christian school. They thought that that was just something that was super important that they wanted for us, and so they placed my brother and my sister and I at Calvary when my brother was in third grade and Kelly and I, my twin sister, were in kindergarten. So I went, I attended Calvary from kindergarten through eighth grade. And that's when I just began my Calvary story here. Yeah. And we attended so did you church, start? Yeah. Go, yeah. So when did you start actually going to the church? So my twin sister and I started going to the junior high group. Okay. And before, prior to that, we were going to church in Irvine with our parents, and that was really, really great. They still attend that church, and yeah. my dad's an elder, or not an elder, a deacon, and they are just super dedicated to their church there. And so they just wanted us to go where we felt comfortable, and we felt comfortable here at Calvary with some of our friends that we've grown up with our whole lives. And then I think it was about high school that we decided to stop going to that church in Irvine and fully commit to going to Calvary. And our parents said when we got our licenses that they, they said, okay, now you can get yourself to church. So either you can drive yourself or you can come with us. And we decided to drive ourselves to Calvary. So that's how we ended up here. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, and then, so how, what was your Calvary Christian school experience like? <laughs> oh, okay. My Calvary Go Christian Eagles. school. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My Calvary Christian school experience was pretty great, I would have to say. I mean, I really enjoyed growing up here. I think that um, some of my great friends that I still have today, were those friendships were formed here. And I, I think I did enjoy and thrive growing up in a Christian environment. But I think by the time I got to eighth grade, I was definitely ready for something new and ready to it's pretty like, natural. <laughs> ready to expand my horizons. And that happened at Foothill High School. Yeah. Yeah. Was there was there a teacher here that made a particular impact on you? There were a lot of people who made a big impact on my life. But I would have to say um, 
probably Linda Cowan was one of the oh. <laughs> the ones that really made an impact. She was the administrator at the time or one of the administrators. Yeah. And she just always made my family feel so welcome and at home here. So, yeah, we absolutely love Linda Cowan. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing woman. Yeah. yeah. So twin sister. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought I read something that you said half identical. Yes, what that is that correct. Mean? I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means, Courtney? Not a chance. I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we are very, uh, well, we're a rare type of twin. Okay. There are actually four types of twins. There's identical twins, uh, half identical twins, fraternal twins, and twins from different fathers. So just to keep it very simple, basically, we were an egg that dropped and split before fertilization, and then we were fertilized by, do, by two sperm. So we were came from the same egg. So we have 100% of the same DNA from our mom, but then we were fertilized by two different sperms. So we have half the DNA from our dad. So we have 75% of the same DNA. Wow. Science. Whoa. I don't even know how to ask a follow-up question. <laughs> there is none. There is so none. We, we look similar. We look more like sisters. Right. But if you heard us talk or our humor is identical, we, uh, we get along pretty well for, <laughs> for being such close siblings. But yeah, we definitely... Some people might say, oh, yeah, you look exactly alike, or they'll say, wow, you guys look very different. Right. That's true. That's amazing. Okay. So serving at Calvary, when did that start happen for you that you started getting involved in serving, helping out in whatever way? Yeah. So I basically started helping out in 2007. I went to college at Point Loma Nazarene University in San Diego, and that pretty much took me out of kind of the Orange County bubble. So I was down in Point Loma for those four years from 2004 to 2008, but my twin sister went to Loyola Marymount, and she actually drove home every weekend to be a small group leader at Calvary. So she was really involved in the junior high group and then the high school group. Wait, that wasn't you? I thought that was you the whole time. No, that was Kelly. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 No, so that was Kelly. And I guess in 2007, they needed an additional leader for Hume. And so I was available and home for the summer. And so I decided to go as a small group leader in 2007, went back to school for my last year, for my senior year. And then when I graduated, ended up having to move home because the job that I had didn't work out in San Diego. So then starting in 2000, probably the fall of 2008, I started becoming a leader for, for Calvary. So yeah, it's been 11 years. Oh. 11 years of serving at Calvary. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. This is unreal. I mean, I love students. You know, I work with them. Mm-hmm. But I would love to know what was it about um, the small group ministry or junior high ministry that actually pulled you in to stick? Because Hume's a tiring week. We know this, right? <laughs> but you decided to come back and jump in. Like, what What was the motivation? What did that look like for you? It's hard to say no to Melissa Broche. That's all I got to say. Um, That's so that's one reason. No, it's uh, it was more than that. We there was a great big group of us that were all around the same age that had graduated college around the same time. And so there was good community amongst the leaders, really great community, in fact. And I our youth group was pretty big at that time. There was about 14 guy life groups and then 14 girl life groups. So they needed people to come and lead. And so there was just something about the group of girls that I was with. There was something about um, my co-leader that I just really appreciated and loved. And I think for someone who just graduated college and didn't really know what they were doing, that community really served 
an amazing purpose in my life at that time. Hmm. That's interesting. That's cool. What can we, let's rewind back to your high school experience at Calvary. And were you involved both at church and with young life in some way? You know, I always knew about Young Life in high school, but I also knew the kids that went to Young Life as well. (laughs) And I just realized that, no, that wasn't for me. And so I was I very much was a youth group kid. I loved coming here. I loved having our Wednesday night group. I loved having our Sunday morning life groups. And that was just my my place. And Mm -hmm. I had a great, solid group, about 12 or 13 of us girls who we were with each other all throughout Calvary, and then we all went off to different high schools, but we just stuck together, and we had a revolving door of leaders, but our girl group stayed together. Hmm. And so it, we got to experience life together, and we got to go through those challenges of high school together. And I, I don't think a lot of people have that. And so it was really special for us. Yeah, We did have people that really poured into us and, and took time to affirm who we are and grow us as individuals. And I wasn't perfect in high school. So, so that definitely came, definitely came with uh, some hard times, but I always loved Calvary and knew that there was a place for me here. I feel like there, there may be some sense of confusion that you said something that that you were a youth group kid uh, versus like a young life kid. What could you describe what young life actually is for someone who may have never even heard of that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, Young Life is a Christ-centered relational ministry. We are not affiliated with a church, but we are a parachurch ministry. And our mission is to introduce adolescents to Jesus Christ and help them grow in their faith. So we are very much about the outreach, about introducing kids to Jesus. But then we also have this dual side to us where we love to focus on discipleship, help them grow in their faith. And so (laughs) Young Life kids, they... I mean, just high schoolers in general, I guess you could say they're just a group of, you know, there's, there's also different and they're so diverse and, but most of the time they're unchurched kids, right? right. Like starting from unchurched. Yeah. Young life is very much the unchurched kids. So kids that would barely ever step foot on a church campus, if kids and their friends invited them to church, they wouldn't really know what to do about it. Or maybe their parents wouldn't be okay with it. And so young life is very much geared towards those unchurched kids. And we, we basically outreach and, and do ministry by going to, into high schools and so, or, and, and middle schools. And so we'll, the leadership teams will go to sports events. They'll go to choir events. We'll, we'll just be in the life of teenagers. Mm-hmm. So we might not have an exact place like a church does for, to say, Hey, come to us. Instead, we step into lives of kids mm-hmm. and we go to them. Amazing. I love that. Do you feel, uh, I'm, figure out the best way to ask this question because you were a a youth group kid like kind of grew up here at Calvary and all of that was that something that was a part part of your heart and your soul to to go after the ones that weren't showing up here even before you landed in young life yeah I definitely not in my high school career I definitely knew a lot of people that were unchurched and it was actually my first one of my first friends at Fiddle High School um, a name, her name was Elaine. She was probably the kindest person I had ever met. And I just assumed that because she was so kind that she was a Christian, mm-hmm. but her family was actually atheist and mm-hmm. they wanted nothing to do with Jesus. But I was like, this is so confusing for me coming from Calvary and 
just believing that Christians are nice people and they're probably only the nice people. I mean, that was my very naive, ignorant <laughs> mindset, but it, it being at Fiddle High School and um, I, I really started to meet new people that really challenged my, my idea of what being a believer looked like in a setting that was very much uh, not, not at all like that. And so I think that for me, I did see the importance of inviting people into what I had and giving the opportunity to know about who Jesus is. Hmm. So let's, let's, how's your story developed? Let's talk about that. So you come back from college, you get a job, just what kind of job did you have at this point while you're volunteering here at Calvary? Just any job? What job? So I actually was working five different jobs. Five different jobs. Five okay. different jobs. Yes. Oh, man. So I was actually working for Calvary as um, I was doing marketing. Yeah. But that was very freelance. Yeah. So I was doing marketing projects for Calvary. I was also a nanny. Yeah. For a couple families. And then I also was a volleyball coach at Foothill. Oh, okay. And then I was a young life leader. And then I was also helping Calvary. Right. Are you feeling at this point in your life a little bit? Confused? Yes, I am okay. so confused. I have no idea where God wants me, what my calling might be. I have, I'm just trying to make ends meet. Yeah. So how do you process through calling at that point? What happens there? You know, I just, I didn't really know where God was calling me. I knew that I was doing ministry and that was more for my own personal community. And once I started working it was still something that was important to me. It, it definitely gave me life being a leader in a community. So while I was not only leading at, yeah, at um, church at Calvary, I was also leading at Young Life. So I became a Young Life leader as well simultaneously as I was a leader at Calvary. And it helped me when I was coaching, I got to bring girls to Young Life. When I was coaching, I got to also bring those girls to Calvary. And it just opened up my eyes to what ministry could really look like, but yeah. not as a job, more so as a lifestyle. Yeah. And so, and I never thought I wanted to do ministry. I always assumed that the Lord was going to give me some job in marketing or PR or communications or something like that. And so that's still what I was trying to do. I just hadn't quite found my niche. Yeah. Yet. Was that your degree? What was your degree? Yes. My degree was in communications okay. and PR. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. So then how do you end up where yeah, you are so now? <laughs> I actually ended up, so I ended up getting a job at anthropology, which is a little store I'm sure no one's heard of, but <laughs> it's a, a female, a woman's lifestyle store. And I just started working my way up. And for some reason, the leadership there or like the, the management there, they saw something in me and they started mm -hmm. to draw out those leadership management qualities. And so I ended up working there for about five years and became one of the store managers. And I really loved it. It mm -hmm. was a really cool space for me to grow up and also buy nice clothes. <laughs> but also I just I learned this business acumen that I was surprised that I learned. And I also learned a lot about customer service and how to serve people's needs in a way that also lent itself to to ministry in a way. I got to pray with some customers. I got to hire some of my first Young Life girls that I have ever had. And oh. it was just an interesting way that I could do ministry without actually being part of a ministry. And so 
but then everything changed. Uh. I wasn't, their new management came in. Uh, they didn't look at me the way that they used to. Uh, mm. Things started to get really, really tough. Mm. And for the first time in my life, I started thinking, wow, okay, these people actually don't believe in me at all. And I think it was because I, not because I love Jesus, but because I lived a life that mm-hmm. was glorifying to him. And mm-hmm. I think that that really intimidated them. I think that really was, they didn't like that. They didn't think I was what they wanted. And so I really started to pray, Lord, what do you want for my life? And that was more of a cry of desperation. What do you want for me? And let me desire what you want for me. Yeah. And he did not take his time. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) He basically in a matter of one month, he, I started taking a prayer journal And I prayed really simple things every day, like, let me have a good conversation with this person. Let them see if I do one good thing today, let them see this. Hmm. And I looked back a month later and he had answered every single prayer Hmm. that I had written down. Every single tangible prayer I'd written down, he had answered. And I'd never seen him show up for me like that ever. And so I started to say, okay, Lord, you see me, you hear me. And so where do you want, what, where do you want me to go? What, what do you want me to do? And I think that was my first step to really answer or even seek out what his calling might be for my life. Yeah. That's beautiful. You see me, you hear me. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to do? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's kind of a great model for mm-hmm. prayer right there. And mm-hmm. for you to know that, and you felt that way because you prayed and you journaled your prayers and you mm-hmm. kind of kept track of what God was doing. Right. right. Yeah. That's interesting. So then do you get fired? Do you quit? What happens? What's going on? (laughs) So ironically, what happened at that point is the, the management that was not my biggest fan, they actually left Mm. and new management came in that was actually a manager that really had poured into my life and actually got me to where I was. And I was like, oh my gosh, the tides are changing. Lord, maybe you don't want me to leave. (laughs) Maybe this is where I'm supposed to be. And I could just hear him in the back of my head saying, do you trust me? (laughs) And I, and so I, 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 I did, I trusted him. And, and so that led me to, um, to young life and in a really weird, crazy way, I sat at a coffee shop with Brian Geis, actually, who's another uh, Calvary member. And he, at the time he had taken a step back from work and was leading young life. So that was the only thing he was doing. Mm -hmm. And he and I met for coffee and he's like, how's anthropology? How's it going? And I'm like, it's great. But, you know, I feel like God's calling me maybe into something else. And he's like, oh, well, what do you think? Maybe young life. And I was like, oh, maybe young life. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the area director at the time walks up and they're like, hey, what are you doing? And and he's like, oh, Alyssa was just telling me that she might want to do young life full time. <laughs> and I think my jaw dropped to the ground and I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'll never know. I don't know what's happening. OK, bye. And then I looked at Brian was like, what the heck was that? Jeez, wait, let the cat of the bag. <laughs> was, and that, was that Christy? Is that who that? No. That so it was another after? another okay, another person. person. OK, OK. But Christy Fox, who um, who was the area director for, for for like 20 years, right. she had definitely poured into me when I was a leader. And she had always told me, you're going to be on, out on staff one day. Mm. And I'm like, wow. oh, I am not, please. I will. And I literally said it in my head, I will never fundraise my salary. <laughs> I literally said that. I never said to her. I never said it out loud. 
but I said it to myself and God heard me. Well, be careful what you <laughs> tell the Lord. Be, <laughs> be careful what you tell him because he likes to come back and say, you're not in charge. I am. So mm. basically I ended up going into the coffee shop after my coffee with Brian and we talked about what that could be like. And he's like, I think you're the perfect person for this role. And I said, I don't know. I need to go talk to my parents. What was the role? What was the role? The role was just to come on as a full-time staff person who would eventually grow into an area director, you know, two or three years down the line. And it was just to come alongside Foothill High School and Hughes Middle School and take more like the North Tustin part of, of, of Tustin um, ministry. And so Mm -hmm. that's what my role was going to be. And and I was like, actually, that would be perfect. I grew up, I'm an alumni, I, I know exactly what that's like. And then I went home, literally right then and there, I went home to see my, my mom and I was like, mom, you will never guess the craziest conversation that just happened. And she's like, oh, well, tell me, of course, what, what was going on? And I told her about this conversation I had and how I might be thinking about potentially going Young Life staff, I don't know. And she goes, oh, straight face. Oh, I know. (laughs) Of course. Uh, Of course. I'm like, wait, what? She goes, oh, yeah, I know. The Lord told me. Wow. And of course, I'm sitting, standing there so confused. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she goes, the Lord told me that this was going to happen. And if you don't know Jill Burgess, she is a gem. She is an angel. She is a direct line to the Lord. And I don't know how she knew, but she'd been praying that she just knew my struggle. She knew what was happening at anthropology. And she just said, I think she prayed the same prayer I did. Whatever you want for Alyssa's life, let it be. Wow. Yeah. And so I, I was so confused. And she goes, oh, yeah, I knew. And he told me this. And this is the passage I've been praying over you. And the, and the passage was Psalm 56. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know what, what that is. And she's like, oh, well, let me read it to you. <laughs> and it, I don't know if anyone has read Psalm 56, but it, as she read every line, it was exactly the way that I had been feeling. Mm. And tears came over me. I sank to my knees and I was like, okay, Lord, let's do it. Wow. And that's how I basically started the conversations onto what being in full-time ministry would look like. And Mm. it has not been easy. I had to fundraise about 40 to $50,000 in two months. And I was like, there's no way that's going to happen. The Lord did it. (laughs) And it was so cool. And so I came on Young Life staff August 1st of 2014. That's amazing. It really is. The the testament of, of believing in God's faithfulness and allowing that to move you to obedience is just one of the most encouraging things that I, I've ever heard. It's a beautiful story. And I, I love that you're you're so honest about like, yeah, it's it's not been easy, but it's I'm hoping it's been good. It's been life giving. It's been what God wants for you. And that's that's amazing. What kind of advice with that would you give to the person that's you know, they're they're just they're kind of lost, you know, they're at your point where at, at anthropology, let's say, mm-hmm. and you're, you, you think maybe this is where I'm supposed to be, but probably not, you know, God's stirring something. What do you tell that person that's in that spot? I would definitely say pray. Mm-hmm. Prayer has a way of opening up a means of communicating to God that maybe people just haven't done before. I don't know. For me, prayer is like a total 
a piece of surrender for me. I've been kind of journeying, journeying through this prayer life of um, praying out loud with other people. And prayer, when you pray out loud with other people, it is, it's pretty intimate. It feels intimate and mm-hmm. it feels a little bit awkward at first. But what the spirit does in the midst of that space is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And prayer is something that I think the Lord desires from us. He wants, he knows what we're thinking. He knows what, what's going on in, inside of us, but he wants us to talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. He wants us to surrender that to him. And so if, if anyone is thinking, gosh, where should I go from here? Or what should I be doing? Pray, talk mm-hmm. to the Lord about it, be mm-hmm. on your knees about it. And, but really do it with a heart of, of a willingness to also listen to what he has mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. Because <laughs> listening is not my favorite thing, but a huge part of, of my initial prayer was I had to wait and I had to listen yeah. for where he was calling me and what he wanted for my life. That's cool. Um, so then how do you then eventually, so you eventually become this Tustin area young life director, which is like a pretty, I think it's a pretty big job to have, especially when, as you mentioned, this person, Christy Fox, who is this sort of legendary figure for 20 years in that role and who's probably your boss or your boss's boss or something like that. Right. And (laughs) (laughs) And so how, how do we get to that point of you taking on that job? So I came on staff officially August 1st. I was at camp, which is very, you know, appropriate to, to youth ministry. And I was in my role. I was being taught by the current area director and being trained. And then two and a half months in, he said, you know what, my wife and I are called back to our hometown. And by the way, we stacked hands and you're the new area director. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just finding this out at camp. No, it was oh, okay. two and a half months later. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so he... But one summer, basically, right? You've done one summer. Well, this, well, I mean, on staff. No, I, I haven't even. I've been on staff for two months, two and a half oh, months. Goodness. This is great training. You're just yeah. ready. So, <laughs> no, I was absolutely not... I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I thought <laughs> you said you were leaving. Wait, what? I could not believe it. And so we're sitting in this coffee shop, and he tells me this, and I just burst into tears, and I people started looking at us so awkwardly. I was like, oh my gosh, they think you're breaking up with me. <laughs> and, I, and But really he you was. <laughs> he was. <laughs> and all of a sudden someone came up behind me and touched me on the shoulder and it was my committee chair at the time. Um, our committee is just a group of adults who love Young Life, who love the Lord, who love the ministry that's happening in Tustin and he was the the head of that at the time. And, and all of a sudden I burst into tears again. I was like, you knew what happened. And <laughs> so we basically sat down and kind of strategized what me stepping into that transitional role would look like. And I was completely unprepared. I mean, I was 28 years old, but I didn't know what I was doing or, and it was just so much of, it was just so much of a responsibility that I had no idea what I was in for. And I ran a business. I had crunched numbers. I had had this business business acumen, but ministry full time just seemed like such a new thing, not only fundraising for my salary, but now fundraising a, you know, a a big budget. It, It just seemed very overwhelming for me, but there was a lot of people who stacked hands and they supported me and they walked me through it. And Christy played a huge role in that. She had 
you know, moved forward and was in a regional position. And so she really came alongside me and helped facilitate my growth there. And now it's been five years. I can't even believe it. It's crazy to think about. So great. How's it been? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just here like, wow, just tell me more of this. Oh, I have prayed a lot. I have cried a lot. I have um, grown many trust and faith muscles. And I would have to say that being a young life leader, being on staff, walking alongside leaders and kids and even adults in the community and sharing with them about who Jesus is and getting to walk alongside them in that, there is no greater joy. (laughs) There really isn't. And when I remember that that's our our goal, that that's the mission of Young Life, it's great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But then when I focus on myself and finances and anything else that happens, that's when I get into trouble. And then I get brought back to my knees and the Lord's like, hey, hey, this is my ministry. It's not your ministry. So I get that. I feel the same thing. Like when we get, we get our, you know, I get an email once a week that says Mm -hmm. how much the offering was from Sunday before. Mm -hmm. And I always have to say, like before I open that email, I say, Lord, Mm. this is not my identity. This is not my success. This is, this is what you want to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, Thankfully, things have been good, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just like, that's not, you got to be careful that you don't find who you are mm-hmm. in some of those sorts of things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah. I think at, at first it was really hard because I'm now in charge of this huge ministry. We had about six clubs happening at the time, which is a pretty, pretty big for, for what we had. And there was a bunch of staff there and there were a bunch of leaders and current donors that I inherited. And so sure. I, I didn't really know you know, so much of this, this job is it's relationship based Mm -hmm. and I'm fresh two and a half months in and I don't really know that many people. I mean, I knew a lot of people because being from Tustin that really lent itself to knowing the group of people who, who knew and loved young life. Many of the people who attend Calvary here are huge supporters and friends of young life. And so I'm so, I was so grateful for that, but also I was on a huge learning curve. I had no idea it was happening. And to boot, after that guy had left, we went into deficit. So my salary got cut right away. And so I was like, wait, what? My salary can be cut? I just didn't know what I was doing. And so I just felt like the Lord totally met me. And and looking back, you know, hindsight is 2020. I can totally see what the Lord was doing. Mm -hmm. I can totally see what he was doing. He was, he was grooming me for even more obedience, Mm -hmm. even more submission to him And he also opened up so many opportunities for me, not only to share about who he is, but also to share about like the excitement of, of what Calvary's doing, of what Trinity's doing. There are so many people who want to see people in Tustin know Christ Mm -hmm. and to be in the center of that, to be in the midst of that, to join forces in that. Come on. It's a really beautiful thing. Community is awesome. Yeah. Amen. You know it. What I, I want to hear more about is, is the, the connection between Young Life and the church, because mm-hmm. Young Life is a parachurch organization, right? Mm-hmm. And so what on earth does that even mean? What does that look like from your perspective uh, in that role as mm-hmm. the area director? Well, for, for me, I think that, you know, Young Life is just like another youth ministry in town. And I think that, you know, when we 
partner together. I mean, just like what Calvary says, we're better together. You know, I heard somewhere, um, I think I was at Biola for some youth ministry meeting and this guy was speaking about how we're all fighting against the biggest youth group in town. And that youth group is, is the, the enemies. Hmm. And when I put it, when it, when you put things in more of a kingdom perspective, man, we should be joining arms immediately. We should yeah. stop what, we, what we're doing and get around a table and talk about how we can be in this together. And so I, I love coming to Calvary. Calvary is such a cool place for me, but I also love Trinity and I love all the other churches in Tustin that are doing all the work that they're doing as well. And I think what's cool is I've been doing this for so long that I've been bringing kids, you know, from Tustin to Calvary youth group for so many years. And it's so interesting to see their reaction because I remember specifically one kid, I brought them to church and of course it was, I had to bribe them with going to Brugger's afterwards, but you know, you know that Courtney, <laughs> you know what it's a like. win. And I remember I brought them to church and I was trying to find a place to sit for the both of us. And all of a sudden he goes, Hey, Hey, those are all my friends. Wait, what? Like, and it was just such an interesting conversation to have with them because they're like, wait, those are some of my best friends. Why have they never mm. invited me to church? Oh, and why wow. did, why were you the one that invited me to church? And I was like, I don't know, go ask them. And so they went and sat with them. But I think it just opens up a whole nother like level of, wow, like sometimes high school students don't know how to invite their friends to church. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if we've quite mastered what that looks like to, um, I actually, it's very rare that I find a high schooler who really knows exactly how to do that in a very, um, authentic, genuine way. I think we're getting there, Courtney, right? But (laughs) I, fingers crossed. I think it's really cool that, you know, Calvary is such a welcoming place for, for students who, who maybe don't necessarily have a, have had a church before or whatnot. I think our leaders do a great job. I think you do a great job. And um, so hopefully, you know, moving forward as Young Life partners with different churches, we can continue to bring kids into and invite them into something, a, a, a welcoming space where they can learn about Jesus and what maybe his calling is for their life. Hmm. Sure. I, what I love Alyssa, is that like you've challenged me so much to see outside of our walls, mm-hmm. uh, outside of the Calvary walls, because there's so many students um, and mm-hmm. there's so many students who need to know Jesus. And yes. like that's genuinely what we are all going mm-hmm. after. And it reminds me as, as a pastor here to, of like, what does it look like to, so that students don't see us as competing with one another? We're not mm-hmm. competing with other youth right. groups. We are actively pursuing the kingdom together. And it's mm-hmm. just been a beautiful time. So I'm, I'm stoked that we're on the same team. I really mm-hmm. am. Yeah. It's interesting because there are some times and there's some places where, you know, the the Young Life area director and the high school pastor who are both here in on this interview right now, you know, don't. Crazy. But sometimes they don't get along. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was, has been seen as competitive. And mm-hmm. I know that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's cool that you guys even are roommates. <laughs> you know, am I the best roommate ever or what? No, you know, I'm really clean. I cook sometimes. Just tell, tell the people. Tell the airwaves. Yeah. Sorry, it it's not about me. It has been very fun to get to just be a part of ministry together, to have kids at our house every Wednesday night, which has been fun. I mean, you're here at Calvary and, and I have a girls Bible study happening at our house. And yeah. just to know that, you know, we're both so committed to just walking alongside students as they're trying to figure out what faith looks like and who Jesus is to them. And 
and how they can tangibly live out Christ-like qualities that are that God has given them. Gosh, it's just such a privilege. It's just so awesome. And I love getting to partner with you. It's mm. awesome. Oh, it's great. Wow, so much love out here. <laughs> it is. I think while we're giving love to you, we should give a little props to another person, actually, to Josh Simpson. Because yeah. I think that guy has done a great job when back when with Christy and, and others, but just mm-hmm. has done a great job of really bridging, I think, this whole thing of mm-hmm. of church to, to young life and mm-hmm. back and forth. And then with you, Alyssa, mm-hmm. with you, you serving... I don't know if I've I, I don't know if I've ever seen where a young life area director is mm. a life group leader right. at a church mm. too. Like I mean that's pretty incredible. Yes, I know. Most people <laughs> <laughs> I think they and and I have too been in seasons where a church is supposed to be something that is just, you know, that I can come and I can consume and you know, but but lifestyle is such a ministry, and yeah. I think and Josh is such an amazing example of how ministry and lifestyle intersect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, he's been a, a wildlife leader in Tustin, so he's been serving middle schoolers for a long time at Calvary, but I think for about fifteen or sixteen years through yes. through wildlife. Right. Yes, and he has been such a pillar for all these kids. I mean, when he does GG for G at Hughes, or when he does, you know, whether it's youth events here or wildlife on Thursday nights. I mean, Mm -hmm. he, he's just such a great example of what it looks like to just to have ministry be a lifestyle. And I think for him, he'd probably, he'd probably say, Oh, you know, whatever I hanging out with kids is, is my, is my deal. But (laughs) exactly what he would say, exactly what he'd say. But he really has helped transform a lot of people's lives. Um, not just kids that, that have come through the ministry, but even just showing leaders what it looks like to really lead well, to yeah. be consistent, right. to continually show up for kids. I mean, he's just been a, an amazing influencer, I guess, even in, in amidst our community, our, sorry, amidst our community, yeah. he's been such a great example of what that looks like. And, and so he's been awesome and I am so thankful for him. I want him <laughs> to know that. I'm so thankful oh, for him. Good. We love you, Josh. Yes. All right, so we should probably wrap this up pretty pretty soon, but why don't you just tell us a little bit, how can people get involved? How can they support you too? We'd want to know. Right. Well, support is huge. I mean, we are always looking for um, more supporters and friends of Young Life. I think the first thing would be prayer. We are always needing more and more prayer for people to partner with us. Uh, Just praying for schools and testing unified, praying for more leaders. We are always in need of leaders, specifically male leaders. Um, and then praying for finances. And I think that's another way people can help support us is also partnering with us financially. And there's yeah. a, a lot of different ways that that people can support us, but also partner with us. And they can also find those ways yeah. on our website at testin.younglife.org. And um, our website's pretty cool. It was Whoa. designed by another Calvary member. His name's, his name's Solmar Lee. He's uh, yeah. our admin. He's awesome. And he's done a really great job. And so if people want to head to testin.younglife.org, they can definitely find out more ways to partner with us. All right. Well, good. I hope you all do and see how you can just be supported. We we here at Calvary Church want to celebrate the amazing things that God is doing both here at Calvary Church, but also through Calvary Church people in all sorts of ways in our community, around the world even. Mm-hmm. And so Alyssa, we're proud of you and grateful for Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, this has uh, been another episode of the Calvary Life Podcast with Courtney Dowdy. How was it? Was it all right? Did I talk too much? Probably. Always, actually. <laughs> Is that even a question? No. I'm thankful to be here. This has been fun, Alyssa. We love you so much. Thanks, you guys. All right. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks again for joining us on the Calvary Life Podcast. If you enjoyed our show this week, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you want to learn more about Calvary Church or share any of your thoughts, check us out on our website at calvarylife.org or find us on one of our social media accounts. We're on Instagram at calvary underscore church, Facebook at Calvary Church of Santa Ana, and Twitter at Calvary Life.